Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning, Not everybody. And Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show coming at you this week on a Friday morning, Friday, February 19th. Last couple of weeks have been Saturday mornings, not going to be able to broadcast tomorrow, so coming at you a day early this week. Uh, I want to remind everybody, follow on Facebook at uh, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show or on Twitter at Aniano Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O fantasy and you can see each and every week when we'll be airing uh most of the time will be weekend morning saturday sunday mornings throughout the baseball season we'll be coming at you with uh, all sorts of interesting topics and guests and great stuff that's where you'll be able to find us uh all the latest updates the links the itunes links the links to past shows whatever it is you're looking for and don't forget go to itunes download comment subscribe rate the show listen to everything uh a lot of football in the past this is our third baseball show of this season so far, we've covered our top 12 hitters, our top pitchers, my theories on drafting pitchers, et cetera, et cetera. And then this week, we'll be talking about impact, quote, rookies. Although not all of them will be rookie eligible, rookie of the year award eligible, they're rookies. They are players who are debuting this year, maybe debuted last year, maybe put in a half a season, a third of a season, uh, a September push whatever it may be. So uh, some of these guys have exceeded the at-bats to be uh, a rookie of the year. But nonetheless, they're young, they're inexperienced, but at the same time could have an impact going into uh, the fantasy baseball 2016 season. Now, you know, a, a good friend of mine, and uh, really somebody who was a mentor to me in, in this field, Lenny Melnick, whose show comes on right after mine at 9 o'clock here on Blog Talk Radio, um, says it all the time. A rookie is a rookie is a rookie. And I tend to agree with him. I, I really do. I tend to agree with him. Except for the elite elite. And what we're seeing, I think, now, more and more in baseball, as PEDs are, are removed from the game, uh The amphetamines are removed from the game. It's becoming a younger man's sport again. The the impact 39-year-old, 38-year-old, 40-year-old, 37-year-old is going by the wayside. Barry Bonds hitting 40 home runs at 38. That's not happening anymore. Roger Clemens dominating on the mound at 37 is not happening anymore, 40 years old. You know, the, the David Ortiz at 40 still hitting 30 home runs, that's the exception now. Bartolo Colon uh, winning games at 75 years old and 850 pounds, that's the exception nowadays. So because of that, the, 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 the rookie, the young kid, is getting a chance to play and produce much sooner. We saw it last year, guys like Carlos Correa in Houston, uh, Noah Syndergaard with the Mets. 
you know, they, they came up and they were ready and they took the league by storm. There, there was no doubt about that. So, so although I shy away from them, sometimes the talent is too hard to ignore. Sometimes the hype train is too hard to ignore. Sometimes the hype train, though, is so much you have to ignore. You know, that's the play you got to be careful of. You know, Miguel Sano last year, 30 home runs, but a boatload of strikeouts. What do we do with him this year? We'll talk about him on another show because I don't view him anymore as, as a rookie. I mean, he had 30 home runs last year. His impact was felt. Raw power, K's a lot. There it is. You like him or you love him. No, you like him or you hate him. So as spring training uh, starts this weekend, pitchers and catchers reported. Let, let's let's take a look at uh, at what we got. I want to remind everybody the phone lines are open, 347-838-8088. That's 347-838-8088. Having some issues with the chat room, but uh, as soon as I get it up and running, I will let you know. I'm I'm working on that as we chat here. So I apologize for anybody who wanted to join us in the chat. If you're listening to us live, I know it's early on a Friday morning. People may be at work. So if you're listening to us on demand or on iTunes, once again, I thank you for that. Obviously now, the number one player, everybody's eyeballing this, this fantasy draft season. The young kid everybody wants is Corey Seager of the Dodgers. That's the guy everybody wants. Okay, it's interesting to see how a rookie, okay, ranks so high on a positional list. I have seen him ranked anywhere between fourth and tenth overall for shortstops. Essentially, what you're saying is this kid who played in, who had last year. About 100 at-bats on the major league level. Got called up in September. Took over for Jimmy Rollins. Started throughout the Dodgers' uh, short postseason run. Is, is, on average, the fifth best shortstop for fantasy purposes this season. Now listen, you know, I, I, I read he's, he's, you know, some scouts say he's going to the Hall of Fame already. Is he Carlos Correa? Well, you know, that many scouts, it's very difficult for that many scouts to be wrong. Last season at three levels, double-A, triple-A, and then with the Dodgers, he combined for 22 home runs and 93 RBIs. He stole, stole six bases. He batted 375 and 80 at-bats at double-A. He batted 278 in triple-A, over 420 at-bats. And then, with, like I said, in about 100 at-bats with the Dodgers, he had 337. He slugged 561 for the Dodgers. With a 425 on base percentage, scored 17 runs, only struck out 19 times, had 14 walks. Okay, on the season, he struck out 96 times. And that's at three levels, less than 100 Ks. That's unheard of nowadays. Okay, struck out uh, less than 100 times. He is the number one guy. He is a. He is. Going to bat probably fourth, not fourth, fifth or sixth in that Dodger lineup. Right now, you look at that lineup tentatively. I know a lot could change. Puig, Kendrick, Adrian Gonzalez, Ethier, Seager, Justin Turner, 
He's going to bat in the middle. He's going to bat somewhere important. He's not trying, They're not breaking him in at number eight. He's batting in the middle of that lineup. He's going to be expected to drive in runs. He's going to be expected to hit. He's going to be expected to have an impact. If you told me, if you said, Anthony, what do you expect from Corey Seager? I would look at the shortstop position, and I would say Carlos Correa is one. I would probably I would take Correa over him. I would still want to see where Ian Desmond ends up. I do think Ian Desmond still possesses more power, especially with the correct ballpark effects. Tulowitzki should, should mash in Toronto. We saw what that stadium did for Josh Donaldson's power numbers. I don't expect him to leaving Coors Field to hurt him. Bogarts is getting better and better every year. That would be the end of the argument for me. That would be it. Do I trust him more than the kid Lindor in Cleveland? Possibly. Only because Seager has proven to hit through the minors more than Lindor. Lindor came up to the majors last year and hit better than he ever did in the minor leagues. So at the worst, I'm putting him at number five at the shortstop list. Give me 270, 15 homers, uh, uh, 70 to 80 RBIs, depending on where they bat him in the lineup. And that's where I have Corey Seager. As the fifth shortstop at worst. And those type of numbers. He's obviously the number one prospect, rookie, young kid coming into this fantasy baseball season. The number two player we look at. Kyle Schwarber. Stories are already coming out of training camp. He's breaking windows Hitting home runs. Listen, Kyle Schwarber can hit the ball 800 miles. There's no denying that. He's a beast. Catcher outfield eligible, which is nice. Will probably do most of his work this year in the outfield. Now, there are downsides to Schwarber. He's going to hit. Now, let me get this out of the way. My opinion, he's going to hit 250. He's going to give you at least 25 home runs and 80 to 90 RBIs. He's going to bat fifth in a monster lineup, a monster lineup, right? We know how good the Cubs are. You're going to have Hayward and Zobrist at the top. You're going to have Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Schwarber, three, four, five. So Lair's going to protect him at six. It's a monster lineup, followed by Addison, uh, uh, Russell, and the catcher, Montero. It's a monster lineup. Javier Baez on the bench playing the jack-of-all-trades, and he could hit 20 home runs for them without a, quote, everyday job. So Schwaber's going to hit. Now, there are downsides to Schwaber. 56 major league at-bats last year, he hit 143 against lefties. In 56 at-bats against lefties, he hit 143. Should correct that as he gets more experience, but, but will he sit against some tough lefties? That's a legitimate question. Will he sit against a tough lefty. The other problem he has is is he's really a DH. He's really a DH. He's a terrible defensive player. 
in left field. You saw that in the postseason. Uh, you saw it against the Mets. He, he was getting all caught up and lost. And they've got guys like Chris Coughlin, Javier Baez, who can play all over the place, who could fill in and take some starts in left field against the tough lefty, who could come in for late-inning defense. Coughlin could do that. So he's going to lose occasional at-bats because of that situation. Fantasy purposes, though, I rank him higher as a catcher. If I draft him, I'm drafting him as a catcher. I'm going to put him at number two behind Buster Posey. That's the type of impact bat you expect him to have. Last season on three levels, double A, triple A in the National League with the Cubs, he hit 32 home runs, drove in 92 RBIs. Now, he did strike out 159 times. He had more at-bats at the big leagues, and he had 232 at-bats with the Cubs last year. 159 strikeouts. Now, he hit 320 down in double A. He hit 333 in, in AAA, but it was, only, it was less than 100 at-bats. Came up and hit 246 in the bigs. And welcome to the show, kid. Now, he did hit the 16 home runs. Struck out 77 times in 232 at-bats last year, though, at the major league level. He can be pitched, too. He's young. He's a bit of a free swinger. On-base percentage was 355 with the Cubs last year. It was over 400 in both minor league stops. Slugging was over 575 at both minor league stops. He slugged 487 for the Cubs. The K's concern me. The batting average against left-handed pitching concerns me because he's going to play himself out of some games if he can't hit a lefty. There's going to come a point late in the game he's going to have runners on base. The situational lefty's going to come in to get Schwaber out, and the Cubs are going to have to hit for him if it's a close game. So he's going to lose at bats. He's got more power, though, than any other catcher out there. He's probably the only catcher other than maybe Brian McCann that I could say is going to hit 20 home runs as a lock. Posey's right about that 20 mark. Now, Posey's going to hit over 300. I don't expect that from Schwaber. That's the difference there. Schwaber's 25 and 250. Posey's 20 and 300, 310. Give me Posey. Posey's going to play every day. But he's right after him. Schwab is going to play the outfield, gains a few at-bats potentially over some other catchers. The left-handed pitcher no neutralizes that potential gain. Kyle Schwab, my number two prospect to keep an eye on. Okay. Going to be an interesting way the Cubs play him as he gets older and older. Now they see him as a catcher. They see him as a catcher. Does his defense play? That's the question. Question, does his defense play behind the plate? Will his defense play in the outfield long term? That maybe they consider that. Is he somebody, because of his defense, that can bring them something in return in terms of long-term pitching if you sent him to the American League? I'm just saying I have no inside information on that, but it's an interesting theory. Did the Cubs go, we got a lot of bats, but we got an aging pitching staff with Lackey and Lester. Let's go get ourselves a young pitcher for this potent, potent bat in the American League. Send him to the H. My next rookie, my next young player, my next prospect who's going to be given a job basically right out of the gate this season, Byron Buxton, center fielder for the Minnesota Twins. And, and this has put up time for Buxton. We've, we've waited for him now for a few years. He's been the guy. 
been the guy for a couple of years, the number one prospect, and he's been passed and passed and passed, mostly due to injuries. <clears throat> he missed time in 2012 and 2013. I'm sorry, in 2014 and 2015 due to injury. Thumb injury last year <clears throat> after he got called up, limited his playing time. The last time he played a full season was in 2013. At two different A-ball stops. And he stole 55 bases at a 944 OPS. This is impact speed here, folks. So it's kind of the opposite of Schwarber. It's a different style of player. He's a different style of player. Okay. Last season, he only combined between AA, AAA, and the Twins. Now, mind you, he only had... Less than 500 at-bats in the 400s. So I'm doing the math quick in my head. At three levels. Nine home runs, 51 RBIs, 24 stolen bases. Now at double A, he hit 283. In triple in, in A, he hit 400. Struggled with Minnesota, though. Hit 209. Okay. So super talent. He's going to bat leadoff. In what is, I think, an underrated, but at times dangerous lineup. Brian Dozier, that second. Joe Maurer, who I don't expect much from Maurer anymore. But Dozier can hit. You got Sano, who's going to strike out a bunch of times. I mentioned him, but he's going to hit 30 home runs. Trevor Plouffe is a solid third baseman. Uh, Byung-Ho Park, who we're going to talk about a little bit later on. 50 home runs two years in a row in the Korean Leagues. Okay, Eddie Rosario, there's some bats in this lineup. If Buxton could get on base and run, he's going to score you plenty of runs. He's going to steal you bases. That's what you're looking at here. I don't have him ranked nearly as high as guys like um, as Schwaber, as, as Seeger, and even some other pitchers, Severino, Mats, Conforto. Not sold on boxing because his power doesn't play. He's a speed guy. It's all about getting on base for him. It's all about getting on base for him. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays. Uh, let's take a call here. We do have a caller this morning, so let's see what's going on on the phone lines. Hello, you're good on the morning, air with Anthony Aniano. Who's this? Uh, good morning, Anthony. This is David Leisure in Cincinnati. How are you? Good. How are you? What's going on this morning? Good morning. Listening to your show for the first time. Um, thank you for the invite. And basically, I wanted to talk about a rookie that wasn't even on any of the list. Uh, I was just curious what you thought about Mac Williamson in San Francisco, two years removed from Tommy John as an outfielder. <sighs> Williamson in San Francisco. You know, how 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 ready is he? I mean, that's the question. Uh, you know, I've heard bits and pieces on the kid. Talented kid. The Tommy John surgery, you know San Francisco's going to take their time with him. I mean, that's the truth. I mean, you're looking at my opinion here, strictly a guy who is a dynasty league option at this point. San Francisco's going to be in no, ru- no reason to rush him. Not with the pitching staff they've put together. Um... In San on the major league level, you still got you've added some Audrey, you have Suedo, you have Bumgarner, you still have veterans there who are trying to hang around a little bit. 
guys like Matt Kane, Kane, okay? So so the pitching is there. Um you know, he'll I'm sorry, I'm yeah, I'm talking about the different a uh, different Williamson. You're asking about the yeah. outfield of Mac Williamson. I apologize. Yes, I am. You say Tommy no, John, I'm... and my head automatically goes to pitching. Right. Um, he had 249 last year in 54 games for Sacramento. How much do you like a guy who had 249? I don't. I don't. Okay. Last season, uh, hit 219. He got a little bit of a cup of coffee. Again, I'll say the same thing, and I apologize. I was talking about a pitcher. Where is he playing on that giant team? I don't see him getting a spot right away. Um, this is a veteran team that's going to be built to win, so I'm going to stick with that same theory there. This is a giant outfield that has – they've added Denard Span to play center field. You've got Pence. Now, Gregor Blanco's in left field. How much does he play? That would be where this kid would go. Um, Angel Pagan is still there. They're going to have to clear room for him to go and play. That's the truth of the matter. Um and unless they do that, there's not going to be much there. You know, I look at different lists. I mean, you look at Baseball America's top ten. He's not listed for them as a top ten prospect. Baseball Prospectus doesn't list him as a Giants top ten prospect. Prospects 361, though, has him as their third prospect. So what does that tell you? It tells you a lot of people think a lot of different things about Mac Williamson. You know, so am I sold on him? No. Last season, he had 13 home runs, 73 RBIs with a 275 batting average down in a combined minor league season. Okay. Has a chance to make the team. Okay. Big kid, 6'5", 240. But um, I, I just don't see where the playing time is. If at best, he's a situation, I'll compare him to what the Mets did. At best, he's Michael Conforto for the Mets. Mid-season makes an impact. They realize they can't live with the Angel Pagan, Gregor Blanco combination in left field. You see what this kid has. Um, that's where his impact potentially could be this season. Dynasty-wise, the Giants like him. He could have an impact. I'm not high on him this year. You know, maybe that's why I was caught off guard. He wasn't on my list of top 20 guys for this season. You know. So, so, so there's my take. There's a lot of major league talent on that giant team right now. That's what could, that's what could hold Williamson back. Yeah, and one quick piece of information on Miguel Sabal. Uh, one thing that's quite interesting about well, 30 home runs and all, he fell one at bat short of being um, losing his rookie status. So he is actually yeah. still qualified for rookie of the year. Yeah, I did see that. He does have one at bat short. I don't think he'll win it. Um, you know, Sano's an interesting guy because those 30 home runs, that power is going to play. But uh, the strikeout rate, the the defense, he's got a couple of big negatives that go along with him. You know, and, and um, you know, Minnesota's going to get him out there. But now that they're, 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 with the signing of Park, you still have Maurer's contract. Those are, those, you know, ideally Sano's a DH. That's where he is ideally. But with the signing of the of the Korean ball player, 50 home runs two years in a row. They spent for the Twins. They spent a lot of money to get him. He's going to play. Mauer's owed the boatload. He's going to play. He's the face of the franchise. So Sano is interesting. They're going to try to force feed him potentially into the outfield. They're going to try to DH and they're going to move him around. He's a negative defensive player. 
And if he's not hitting the ball over the fence, I, I, I could, you know, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts is a very possible stat line you're going to see for Sano every now and then. He's going to run into one. He's going to impact the game occasionally with his power. But, you know, you're, you're going to have a lot of negative games with Sano. You just really are. I'm not in love with him. I like him more short-term than, say, Byron Buxton, but long-term Buxton is the twin prospect to have. It's just a better hitter than than uh, Miguel Sano is. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for giving a call. I appreciate it, and I uh, uh, hope you enjoy the rest. Thank you. All right, so there you go, Mac Williamson. I got to be honest, I was caught a little off guard with that guy. Says Tommy John surgery, I think uh, pitcher. And for the record, there you go. You don't. That's why you don't. I don't like any uh, Giants pitchers. Okay, has a chance to make the team now. He can hit. Twenty-five years old, big kid. Where would they play him? Can Gregor Polanco and Angel Pagan keep him out of left field? That's really the question there. It's really the question. Let's move on. A couple of other prospects we want to talk about here. Okay. Steven Matz of the Mets. People have asked me about him. They said, Anthony, uh, you're a Met homer. What do you think of this guy? He's going to be their fourth starter. Yeah, so what? <laughs> He's going to be the fourth starter. I get that. On a uber-talented pitching staff. He's a fourth starter because there's three better than him. Other teams, he wouldn't be. Okay. I want everybody to keep this in mind, especially when you're talking about National League East pitching, whomever it may be. That is, this is going to be a terrible hitting division. You play 19 games against each of those teams. The Phillies, Michael Franco, Ryan Howard. I'll take 19 games against the Phillies offense. The Braves. Freddie Freeman, Hector Oliveira. I'll take I'll take 19 games against them. The Marlins, a little bit Italian. Like they, they, Yelich, Ozuna, John Carl Stanton, obviously D. Gordon, Justin Bohr. They got some hitters there. Other than Stanton, nobody that terrifies you though. The Nationals, Rendon, Bryce Harper, the Mets, Cespedes. Cespedes can be pitched too. We all know that. There is no Tulowitzki, Batista, Encarnacion, Russell Martin, Josh Donaldson. There's no Blue Jays lineup there. There's no Miggy Upton, Victor Martinez, J.D. Martinez, Tiger lineup there. There's no Cubs lineup. National League East, their hitting is poor. The Mets, the Nationals, one of them is going to win that division based not on their offense but on the pitching. So, so if you're drafting a team, a pitcher, you've got do the math. Nineteen times four, seventy-six games against those other four teams. That's why I like. I, I mean, everybody likes Scherzer and, and, and Strasburg and, and Harvey and Degrom and Syndergaard, Tanner Rourke. Joe Ross of the Nationals, Stephen Matz, Zach Wheeler later on, Bartolo Colon in an NL only. That's why I like those guys, though. That's 76 games. They're going to face them three, four times. 
I'll take Matt's against the Phillies. I'll take Joe Ross against, uh, 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 you know, the Mets. Lineups don't scare you. Okay, Matt's last season. 4-0 with a 227 uh, uh, in the major league level. 7-4 with a 219 at AAA. 94 Ks in 90 innings in AAA. 34 Ks. So he's a K in inning. 34 Ks in 35 innings last year. Okay, can he stay healthy? He had a hard time doing that last year. I like, say, 12-5. and five. ERA about three. Give me 175 to 200 strikeouts depending on how many innings he pitches. Okay, Zach Wheeler will be back in July. Maybe they skip around for everybody, things like that. The Mets save some bullets for the postseason because that's their end game. I like Mats this year. He's worth a starting pitching spot. He's worth a few bucks in an auction, absolutely. Okay. It's all about health with him. Talent is there. Dominated the minors. There's nothing else to prove he's a major league pitcher. And staying in New York, that goes with Severino of the Yankees. Severino last year in in, in tri- AAA went 7-0 and with a 191 ERA. Now, the strikeout rate is not as good as Matt's. He had 50 Ks and 61 in the third innings. Then you've got him in the majors at 5-3 and three with a 289 with also 11 starts. He had 11, uh, 22 combined starts between AAA and, and the pros, 56 strikeouts in 90, 62 innings. So the strikeout rate is not the same. He doesn't strike out as many as Matt's does. Okay, He's penciled in. The Yankees are putting a little, little even more uh, on his plate. Penciled in as their third starter behind Tanaka. Okay. Tanaka's going to be the ace there. Pineda's their number two. And then you're looking at Severino. And then some, then a bunch of question marks. Ivan Nova, Nate Avaldi. C.C. Sabathia. Okay. The good thing about Severino is that bullpen. Give him five innings every night. That's all the kid has to do. That's all Joe Girardi's going to ask any of his starters to do. Give me five. Give me five. Girardi goes, I'll figure out the sixth. And then we'll go Batances, Miller, Chapman. But give me five. If you can give me six, you get an extra serving at the game, the buffet after the game. Okay, so Severino's in a position there where innings won't be an issue because he'll never he'll never go past six innings. Never, I'd be shocked if he goes more than six. He just won't do it. So even if he gives you thirty starts, it's one hundred eighty innings. That's how the Yankees will limit his innings. There's one hundred eighty innings. Just go six a game and get him out. Okay. The Yankee offense, I like to make fun of it because it's old, and it is old, but it is talented. You know, they've added some nice pieces. I like Stalin Castro. I like Hicks. They still got Ellsbury. The question is, what is Texera, Beltran, A-Rod have left? Severino's going to win you 12, 13 games. I do believe that. He'll be good. And they won't blow a game for him. If he leaves the game 2-1, to one, he's going to win the game 2-1. to one. He's got the best bullpen in baseball. Say twelve, say thirteen and eight ERA in the high three, low threes, three ten, three twenty. Okay. The next pitcher on my list, Aaron Nola of the Phillies. Now this one I am not 
gushing over like I am some of the other young kids I've, I've mentioned. Okay. Nola last season in the minor leagues between double A AA and triple A when it, when it combined 10 and four with what's most impressive at both stops. He pitched to an ERA under 0.8 and triple A. He pitched to a 0.75 in double A pitched to a 0.70. That's a combined 18 starts between two stops. 59 strikeouts in double A in 76 innings, 33 strikeouts in 32 innings at triple A. At the major league level last year, he had 68 strikeouts in 77 innings. It's an okay K rate. Aaron Nola is not a fireballer. He's at about 92. Great command of his fastball. Could put it where he needs to. He is not a... Syndergaard, gas-throwing, 99-mile-an-hour, 98-mile-an-hour type of guys. So don't expect the strikeouts. His command's perfect. It's got to be perfect. Plays to the defense, that type of pitcher. Okay? He went 6-2 and two with a 3.59 ERA at the bigs. 77 innings, 74 hits allowed. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't blow you away. Contact can be made against him. Now, he's being thrust into a position essentially to be the Phillies' ace. I mean, how scary is that? You don't want to deal with that. But this Philly team is bad, and they're rebuilding. And they're rebuilding with a rotation right now where Nola's at the head. And Jeremy Hellickson, oof. Charlie Morton, oof. There's probably going to be two rookies on that staff. And we'll get right to the other one, Jared Eichel. He's going to be on. He should make that staff. Okay. Philly's got him in the trade for Cole Hamels. But he pitched well after that trade. 51 innings. He struck out two. Uh, he pitched to a 2.65 ERA. Fifty uh, uh, in those fifty-one innings, he had forty-nine strikeouts. Okay, his ERA, his WHIP, are all lower than Nola's. Better strikeout rate than Nola's. Okay, now he never pitched that well in the minors, so that that's the question mark with Icor. Last season in two AAA stops, Round Rock for Texas, and then Lehigh Valley for the Phillies, he was a combined eleven and five. In Round Rock, he pitched to a 4.25 ERA. When he went over to the Phillies, he pitched to a 2.49. The one thing about him that's always been there, it's the strikeout rate. Okay? Last season for Round Rock, he had 93 strikeouts in 101 innings. In Lehigh Valley, 19 Ks in 21 and two-thirds innings. Better strikeout rate. He's also got a chance, a very good chance, to if not break camp with Philadelphia, but to be there soon, May or June. Because how long are you running with Charlie Morton's, Matt Harrison's, Jeremy Hellickson's of the world? If you're going to rebuild, rebuild. And it's apparent that that's what the Phillies are doing, so you do it with those kids. And those two, those two young, uh, young arms are going to be the cornerstones of that rotation right now. Now, I don't like them this year, however. 
reality is, reality is, they're not going to win many games. The reality is they're not going to win many games. Not with this Philly team. Not with Darren Ruff batting cleanup. Cody Ash batting sixth. All right, Michael Franco's the only bat there that even remotely intrigues me. So what do you expect from them? Seven, eight wins. If Aaron Nola could go 10-10 and 10 this year, I'd be thrilled. Thrilled if he gives me a 500 season and keeps his ERA on the four. 10 and 10 with an ERA on the four, and I'd be thrilled. I'm not investing in a non-dynasty format, in a seasonal format. As I take a sip of my coffee, I'm not investing in, in too much. I just don't see the help they're going to give. Not like a Severino, not like a Steven Matz, Kenta Mahita, the, the, young, the Japanese import that the Dodgers have brought in. Okay, there are other young pitching prospects I like, maybe even more, who might not be there all season, but could Daniel Norris of Detroit, I think he's in a better situation this season. Okay, last year you found out he was battling thyroid cancer. He's in a situation where he'll be behind Verlander, Zimmerman, Annabelle Sanchez, super talented key from the trade with Toronto last year. Okay, I like him. Jose Barrios of Minnesota, 21 years old. I like him when he gets the call. Last season, he didn't get called up because of uh, a workload issue. Pitched a lot of innings. Pitched 166 innings or so last year between Double A AA and Triple A. Went 14 and five, 175 strikeouts and 166 innings at two minor league stops. I love that K rate. Right-handed pitcher. Okay, there's there's a spot for him there. Phil Hughes, Irvin Santana, Kyle Gibson, Zen Hill in Minnesota. Again, Berrios may not break camp. It could be a May thing. But he's a guy who should come up and strike out some batters. This Twins team is not terrible. Okay, you could see Berrios. Those are pitchers I like. Blake Snell of the Rays. Okay. Another young pitcher. Again, probably won't break camp with them. Could have, could come up, should come up, should produce. Because of the team, I like better than Nola and Eichhoff. I just do. Okay? Snell's strikeouts. Last season in Durham, AAA, 57 Ks in 44 innings. In AA last year, 79 Ks in 68. Again, another guy, I love the strikeout numbers. That will play at the big league level. Guys like Nola, he's pitching a contact a little too much. A little too much. Scares me a little bit. Scares me a little bit. So if I, somebody said, well, Anthony, rate these young pitchers for this season. I would go Mats for this season. Mats, Severino, 1-2. One, 1-2. Two. One, two. And number three, I would go Bar- Jose Barrios of the Twins. Number four, Daniel Norris. And then all depending on call-up time, if I could get Snell up there by, by, by June, I'll put Snell ahead of Nola and Eichhoff. 
if Snell doesn't make his debut by then, well, that changes things because now now the season's halfway over. That's how I would that's how I would look at these pitchers. That's how I would look at these pitchers. So there you go. A couple more bats here to talk about with a few minutes left before uh, I sign off. Uh, another Met, Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto, penciled in to play left field every day for the Mets. I shouldn't say every day, as long as the stunning pitchers are righty. Okay, last season he came up. He had a nice season for them in 174 at-bats, 9 homers, 26 RBIs, 270 batting average. On the season, when you combine A-ball, double-A, and the Mets did not go to triple-A. Made the jump from double-A. From and it's interesting. At all three stops, his at-bats were pretty equal. 184 at A-ball. 173 in double-A, 174 in the bigs, not including the postseason. Finished with 21 homers, 80 RBIs. He hit at least 270 in every stop. And I think that's what you can expect out of Michael Conforto. Now, again, he's going to come out late in the games. Lagaris is going to go play center field. Cespedes will move over to left. Another tough lefty like Schwab, a tough lefty he's going to sit. Lagaris will start in center. Cespedes will play left. So you got to monitor him in the lineup. He can be pitched to, but he could have some impact. He's going to bat seventh in that lineup. The addition of Cespedes makes that lineup better. He's going to bat seventh. Estrubal Cabrera will be behind him at eight. Travis Dunno will be ahead of him at six. I think a 270 batting average, 18 homers, 70 RBIs, a reasonable expectation for Michael Conforto. Again, Dynasty League, love them. Seasonal League, that's what you're getting. Now, where in your seasonal league do you rank 18 homers, 70 RBIs? Is he a third outfielder? Is he a fourth outfielder? I I would not draft him as somebody I would say is going to be in my starting fantasy lineup on a daily basis. Uh, in a In a daily game? With the right matchup, I would play him. This is somebody I draft later in the draft. Different in an NL-only auction type of situation. But I would draft him in a daily draft. And you see if he gets hot. See if he gets hot. But we're we're slowly walking away from, right? You, you've noticed now, I'm, I'm losing my enthusiasm a little bit. Because the impact guys, they're done. That's how tough it is with a rookie or a prospect. Right, Seeger, Schwaber, I'm drafting them as a starter. Steven Matz, I'm drafting him. Luis Severino, I'm drafting him. They're in my lineup. I'm drafting them to use them. Byron Buxton, I'm drafting him, but that first lineup I set in the beginning of April, Buxton's probably not going to be in it, in a 12-team mixed. Same with Conforto. Nola, some of these other pitchers I've mentioned, not going to be in it. You draft and hope. <laughs> the good old draft and hope. Take a bench spot and hope for the best. You know, Kettle Marte, another shortstop. Will he run enough for Seattle to make him worthwhile at the shortstop position? Last season between AAA Tacoma and Seattle, Combined for 28 stolen bases. Now, he hit enough. He had 314 in Tacoma and 261 at-bats. He had 283 in 289, 283 in 219 at-bats for the Mariners. 
Okay, so he hit enough. He doesn't give you any power. Five combined home runs last year between the two spots. Okay, this is a guy who who is a leadoff hitter. He had a leadoff in all 54 of his starts for the Mariners last season. Should steer you 30 bases. Doesn't strike out. 43 strikeouts and 219 at-bats at the big league level. Only 32 Ks and 261 at-bats. Okay? Mariners are going to use him. He plays pretty good defense. He can bat leadoff. He can get on base. He had a 359 on base percentage for AAA Tacoma last year. Steal a few bases. So here's a situation where you potentially, if you bypass the shortstop position, which sometimes I do do, I sit and wait. You know, I've used Alcides Escobar the last couple of years at shortstops in some leagues because I was able to get him late, and he provided me with a decent batting average and some stolen bases. Well, Keto Marte is another one of those type of guys. If Escobar's value goes up, if, if people take Escobar earlier than they should, coming off a World Series title, blah, 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 the postseason run, suddenly more eyes were on him last October. Calamante's a, a Alcides Escobar type. In an OBP league, he'll be fine. Batting average won't kill you. And he's going to steal you 25 to 30 bases. That's what he's going to give you. Useful. Staying at the shortstop position, Trey Turner of the Nationals. Similar style of player. Now, his playing time isn't a lock. You thought it was until free agency began. Ian Desmond's out of town. You thought maybe Danny Espinosa was going to play second. They were going to give Turner the shortstop. They had called him up last year towards the end of the year. He got 40 at-bats. Well, the Nationals responded by signing Daniel Murphy. And Espinosa is going to get the first crack at shortstop for Washington. Okay. He hit 322 with eight homers and 29 stolen bases combined between double and triple A last year. Power doesn't play. Speed does. He hit 322, 359, 314 at three minor league stops. San Antonio, Harrisburg, and Syracuse. Hits for a decent average, steal you some bases similar to Kettle Monte, maybe a little more power than Monte. On the big league level last year, only 40 at bats, too much to judge. He had 225 with two home runs. Espinosa is probably going to be the starting shortstop for this team on opening day. Where Turner plays and fits into this is going to be interesting. Obviously, way more upside than Danny Espinosa. When do the Nationals hand over the reins? That's really the question there. Okay. Let's look at the Braves for a minute. They have two young kids, but they're not young. I call them young because big league experience is minimal. Adonis Garcia and Hector Oliveira. Two 30-year-olds from Cuba. And, man, they are tough. The same with, like, the uh, the Asian ball players. The Cuban ball players are tough. Now, Adonis Garcia is going to be the third baseman for Atlanta. Last season in 190 at-bats for them. He had 10 homers, 26 RBIs, 277. Should be their opening day third baseman. NL only option there, in my opinion. Moving Hector Oliveira, <clears throat> who the Braves got from the Dodgers last season. They're going to push him to the outfield. 
And he has the power. He could be a 20-home run guy. He could be a 20-home run type of hitter. Now, last season, he bounced around the minor leagues. He was injured for a while. You didn't see much. Came up in 79 at-bats for the Dodgers. For the Braves, I'm sorry. He hit 253 with two homers, 11 RBIs. Braves are not going to be a good team. They're going to give both of these guys at-bats. I mean, the Braves are rebuilding, but they're rebuilding with two 30-year-old Cubans. So that should be interesting. I mean, I could spend forever. There's so many other guys to talk about. <clears throat> Byung-Ho Park, Minnesota, first baseman DH, two seasons of 50 home runs in a row. Here's my take on him. If you can hit 50 home runs in any league, you can hit. Now, I'm not saying 50. I'm not even going to say 40. I may not even say 30. Put him in Minnesota. Give me 25. I like him late. He has the potential to be a nice little sneak. First base, DH, power, late. For years on this show, I've talked about the chief source of power. That could be Byung-Ho Park of Minnesota. 25 home runs in in, in a later round. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Some other players, as I wrap up, I know people are going to want to go listen to my friend Lenny Melnick. I may do the same. Some other players to keep an eye on. Steven Piscotti of the Cardinals. First base outfield eligible. He's going to get a chance to play somewhere every day. Joey Gallo of Texas. Now, I don't love him. The strikeouts are astronomical. Now, last season, between AA, AAA, and the majors, he had 29 home runs with 77 RBIs and had 196 strikeouts in three uh, in 429 at-bats. Do that math, folks. 429 at-bats, 196 strikeouts. In 200 bats at AAA, he batted 195. In 108 at-bats at the big league level, he batted 204. Those are not good numbers. Now, the only reason, I wouldn't even mention them, because I'm not a big fan of Joey Gallo. I can't. I can't roster a guy who's going to strike out half the time. However, Josh Hamilton's knee is bad. That's the reports coming out of Texas' training camp. He might be relegated to a part-time player, opening up opportunity. Who knows what Texas does? There's rumors of trades, but they've got Gallo who could play third base in the outfield. We know third base is blocked up by Adrian Beltre. Does Gallo fit? Monitor that in the spring. He could get at-bats there in left field. You won't see him on my team, but he's somebody interesting to watch. And finally, Josh Bell, first baseman for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Last season between AA and AAA, he hit over 300 at both stops. 368 at-bats in AA, he hit 307. In AAA, he hit 347. On-base percentage was over 375 in both places. Not much power. Seven combined home runs. He did have 78 combined RBIs. Okay? Mike Morse and John Jaso are penciled in to be the Pirates' first baseman. This is a Pirate team that's trying to win. I don't know if you win with Mike Morse and John Jaso at first base. Bell can hit. He's not going to hit for power. But you know what? Pittsburgh's not a team built around power. If they wanted power, they would have kept Pedro Alvarez. But Bell gets on base. He draws a walk. He doesn't strike out. Strike out 15 times in 121 AAA at-bats. In a combined 489 minor league at-bats, he only struck out 65 times. So he gets on base, hits for a decent average, 
does drive in runs, 78 RBIs combined between two stops. Okay, Bell could be be up and playing in the major leagues. And I don't know how much fantasy impact he's going to have because the power doesn't play. And I'll only league, though, another guy who's a nice option. So there you have it, folks. You know, there you have it. We talked about Mac Williams. Learned a little something today. I'm not high on him. It's funny, as we've been talking and I've been talking, I've been reading more and more on Mac Williams. And he's in, not somebody I'm, I'm tripping over to own this year. Talented, good bat, big kid. No denying he's a big kid. Don't expect much of an impact for him this season in San Francisco, though, however, to be honest with you. But there are kids who are going to have an impact. Seeger, Schwaber, Matt Severino, Buxton, maybe. But the moral of the story is, and if you've listened for the whole hour, the young kids, they don't, they don't, there's not many that come in and, and, and take over. If you're in a dynasty league and you're rebuilding, then yeah, you go get the Tyler Glassnows of the Pirates, the Blake Snells of the of the Rays, the J.P. Crawfords of the Phillies, and other guys I haven't even mentioned, Lucas Giolito of the Nationals. They'll be there eventually. Dylan Bundy of Baltimore didn't even mention him. He's out of options. Baltimore's got to find a spot for him on the roster. Orlando Arcia of the Brewers, the shortstop. They've traded Segura. Where does he fit in all of this? Their impact will be there eventually. In a, in a yearly league, the impact probably not this year. Probably not this year. So know that going in. Everybody likes the shiny new toy. Shiny new toy doesn't win you a championship. A shiny new toy doesn't win you a championship. But listen, this has been fun. I appreciate anybody listening. Whether you've listened live here this morning on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes at some point during the week. And don't forget, go to iTunes. Search Anthony and the Fantasy Sports Show. You'll see all our uh, episodes there. Both old football, but it's baseball season. You'll see now there'll be three baseball episodes up for this season. So make sure you jump in on that. Follow on Twitter at A-N-E-A-N-O Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. And on Facebook, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. I'll be back next Saturday, a week from tomorrow. Uh, we'll be talking about some type of spring training uh, activity that's been going on now that spring training will be about a week in force. So make sure you join us there. There'll be plenty of talk about as we look at all the news and notes of the spring and any other fantasy topics that may come our way. I do appreciate everybody listening, as always. And um, enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day, folks. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.